meeting and praying. Don and uh, David Kellenbrink are going to uh, be leading us in our scripture and our prayer uh, this morning. Good morning. Good morning. I was so proud of Jensen. Great job. Okay, so our verse today comes from Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 13 and 14. It says, Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. Yeah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the blessings of life. We thank you for this opportunity we have to come together as Christians, Father, to listen to your word. Uh, Father, I pray that during this time, let us just lean on you. Father, <clears throat> keep us focused on what's right. Not let us... Let the evil one win. Forgive us, Father, for we are sinners. It's in your name. Amen. I was indeed glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord uh, to worship him. Uh, just want to tell you, talk to, uh, first of all, thank you, the faithful, for braving, uh, well, just being brave enough to be in an assembly this morning. So uh, it's good to be here. Um, the uh, April uh, Smith uh, visited with her this week, and she just... Uh, it's just so hard, Scott, you know better than anybody. She's doing the 28 straight days of radiation, six weeks of the chemo. On top of that, her, her heart valve, she has a leaking heart valve. Uh, so there's complications with that. Her attitude is good, uh, but she just would tell you that um, she, uh, she's tired and uh, hurting. And that's why she said her body is tired and hurting. So obviously, Danny Alewine uh, just finished another round of chemo, uh, visited with uh, him and Karen again this week, and the same thing. Um, they're they're going to do another PET scan in about three weeks, and they're hoping that they learn more from that MRI and PET scan. But those are folks that are just fighting that battle and uh, regularly having to deal with it. It just doesn't go away. It doesn't leave. And, uh, and so obviously our prayers are needed and um, just continue to love them and be concerned. Laura, uh, uh, Lawrence Carranza had a food poisoning this last week, but he's home and uh, recovering from that unexpected. There's many of us that are so many folks that are hurting and struggling with something. And uh, we've been called to be people of prayer. So just have each other in, uh, in our prayers. I, I had a handout for you this morning. I just wanted that for your own personal reading. I may make reference to it. I decided this week to skip one week away from our discipleship training. Um, I, I will tell you that, you know, we're, we're professing Christians. And 
we're, the scripture says we're in the world, but we're not of the world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. And, uh, and we live in and around Bryan College Station. And we're very much alike. Many of us share the same. We have common struggles and fears. And, uh, and yet when you look at what's been taking place um, around us, uh, I think each and every one of us probably has some level of alarm or concern or fear. It would be natural. It didn't really, uh, I've been watching and listening to the things going on around us in the world, and uh, it didn't really hit me until Thursday night. Tammy and I decided to do our regular grocery shopping, and we went out to the HEB at Tower Point. And when I, immediately when I pulled up in the parking lot, I, I knew something was different because uh, the parking lot was full on a Thursday evening. And then there weren't any cars. There was just a half a dozen cars. So I always have an abundance of cars. We walk in, and of course, every aisle or the checkout hours, there's four, five, six people deep. And there was just a, there was a solemn, uh, there was just an air over that, that one store in one isolated area of the world. Uh, but it's happening everywhere, isn't it? I mean, all you got to do is turn on the news. Maybe what we don't need to do is turn on the news. But if you do turn it on, you're going to see it. And uh, watching, seeing it firsthand was, uh, I just was observing. And throughout scripture, there's this, uh, and Jesus says it most succinctly, this drive or this uh, really <laughs> a determination, this counsel from Christ that he who has ears to hear, let him hear, and he who has eyes to see, let him see. And, and so just watching that, I, I, you could tell people... Uh, I like to talk to people, um, and I'll just talk to anybody. And I talk to people checking out, and I just, but the, people didn't want to talk. And people were gripped. You could tell there was just, and there was a level of seriousness, and the carts were filled up, and, the, and there wasn't any water, and there wasn't any toilet paper, and there wasn't any all the stuff that everybody's getting. Now, I wasn't a little bit intrigued by that. I, I think I understand the toilet paper, so people say, okay, if we go into quarantine or you know, you, you'd certainly want to have toilet paper. I was thinking, and I probably just don't have enough knowledge, but we do have taps, you know, for tap water. And I guess people just don't drink tap water anymore. And I know that those, the water is treated, you know, and, and uh, at the treatment plants, I, from what I understand by a professional, the virus couldn't live in the treated water. So, I, I mean, that, maybe that's wrong. But I thought, well, we're just, we, that's people. And then we're panicking. We're, we're gripped in fear. And then everything from the Houston Fat Stock Show and Rodeo and all the major league sports and, uh, and even, even church assemblies. And uh, I, I was contacted by people here at this congregation this week who said, you know, Pastor, I'm not, we're just not going to be at church, not judging them, not even at a moment pointing a finger at them, uh, but because of this, this they want to be an assembly. Um, and I understand that, I do. But it really, in my own personal heart, in my examination, uh, I got to thinking. Also, went yesterday uh, to see Franklin was playing in a baseball tournament out at the ranch. It's a really neat sports facility outside of Franklin. And there were teams from Caldwell and Crandall and all over. I think seven teams left early. But I was just we're outside. It was a beautiful afternoon. It was baseball. And they're canceling uh, their baseball season. Well, the schools are for three weeks. And it was a beautiful day. And I know spring break. Uh, Kids are happy, parents are not, but that's been extended for another week in school. And, and so at universities, everything, it's, it's, it is, I, well, it's global. 
it certainly isn't here, and it certainly is affecting us in Curtin, Texas, and Bryan College Station. So f for this morning, I, I just will say to us, um, I think what we do matters. I think church, the church, Christ, the body of Christ, we've been left here for a reason. We've been left here for a purpose. And what we do matters. It really matters. It, I mean, how we live in our married lives, how we live in our personal lives, our financial lives, our intimate lives, our friendships, even with our enemies. There's no area in our life that God's Word doesn't very clearly say, this is how one of my children is supposed to live and act. I don't believe that, and I don't, I don't believe, I don't believe it's possible. I do not. I don't believe there, there is any, anything in your life or my life, not one thing, that the Bible doesn't clearly give us instruction from the Word of God, the very mouth of God, the Spirit of God. I don't believe there's one thing that God in His Word hasn't spoken to you and I. What He's requiring of us, what He asks of us, what He needs from us, what He wants from us, concerning anything in our life. We may not be aware of it. I mean, the scripture does say, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. I believe the spearhead of spiritual warfare, if you believe in spiritual warfare, warfare if you believe what, what Peter would say, that, that, that Satan, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour, I, I believe that. I believe that his native tongue is deception. And I believe that. He lies and his only language is lying right out of the Gospel of John. I believe that if we resist him, he'll flee. I believe what Paul wrote to the Ephesian church that our struggle isn't a flesh and blood struggle. It's a spiritual battle. I believe that. I believe that greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. I believe that. If you believe that, if you believe that God in his word, inspired by the Holy Spirit, if you believe that, has given you instruction for every, not moment, not second, not breath, but every single, every single moment of our physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual being, there's never nothing, not anything that we could ever encounter in, in, in that that God hasn't given us instruction. I, don't, I just don't. I, I don't. I'm 61 years old. Uh, my life has probably been very much like yours. We probably had some of the same desires and uh, joys and failures and fears and... Um, very much. So there may be some things that are unique to your life that are not unique to mine and vice versa. But I believe in all that I have experienced in my personal life and all that I have witnessed in the lives of anybody that God, I, I, I feel so fortunate. You know, I think, was it Lou Gehrig that stood up in Yankee Stadium and said that uh, he felt like that he had been the luckiest man in the world and he was, he was retiring from baseball. He had Lou Gehrig's, what would be known as Lou Gehrig's disease. I would tell you in, in my uh, brief time here in life with all of my brief, with my many shortcomings, I would tell you I feel like I'm the most, I, I cannot, 
the only thing that I can measure in my life, feel like, man, I have been so blessed. And having said all that, it's not about me, but having said about that, it, that's the best and most concise way that I can say to us this morning, believing what we do here matters, is that I am convinced, no matter where you're, what your story is, or where you're at, or where you've been, or where you're going, and the same is true, that right here in this Word, you couldn't, if you wanted to, if you wanted to, you could find instruction, clear, clear, truthful, concise counsel, no matter who you are, where you've been, what you're doing now, where you're going. I believe that. I don't believe that it can be found in newspapers. I don't believe it can be found out of the mouth of politicians, kings and presidents. I don't believe that it can be found in the, in, in the philosophical writings of men. I mean, in fact, the scripture says man's righteousness, man's way of what he thinks is right and wrong is like a filthy rag unto God. And that filthy rag into the Hebrew would have been a toilet paper, <laughs> used toilet paper. I mean, that's what God's word says about if, if a man, the way the man weighs justice, the way the man, uh, humanity determines something is right, it's like a filthy rag unto God. So here it is. So church, I'm going to say to you this morning, I, I, it was really, really heavily on my heart. Um, I shared with the kids this morning, and I do. I wish every week we could take a videotape and you could see uh, the insight that these kids have. Tremendous insight. You just got to ask them the right questions. And uh, out of the mouth of babes. They're not babies. But uh, before I went into class this morning, I, I was feeling one way. Spending 45 minutes with them, I came out with an entirely different uh, attitude. I thank God for that. But they do that for me each week, and they really do. It's just powerful, the gift that they give me. Uh, God, just so thankful for them. But I asked them, I said, uh, so fear, fear. What are some of the things that you fear? And they were just very, you know, very, <laughs> it was good. You know, uh, uh, what did you say, Royce? The S, it starts with the letter S. What was it? Almost everything that starts with S. Snakes, spiders, scorpions, and sharks. Yeah, amen. That's good. That's good. Snakes, scorpions, spiders, and sharks. Yeah, amen. Yeah. So that was good. But, and so, but what I did see this week, I saw fear. We're watching fear, aren't we? Fear. And and the media is readily reporting it. Fear. Um, I did ask Dawn Cannonbrink, she's a nurse, and I said, well, have you got the coronavirus yet? And she said, no, I have the cow owner's virus. <laughs> she's got the cow owner's virus, not the coronavirus. And so, uh, but just talking, I visited with Tom Wilkes, and he, he said some things to me about he said, well, years ago, they identified the coronavirus. And as vets, they, the same was if, if a dog got parvo, he was going to die. But if he got the coronavirus, he's probably going to live. And, uh, but it's a new strain. 
and we got a lot of information. And uh, it's just out there, aren't we? And we're a nation. You go to HEB. I mean, did you see it? It's fear. And you see the weight of fear, don't you? You just do. I, I mentioned when I was in HEB, I had this thought. I said to myself, I was just watching. I saw the stress of the young man, Logan, that was checking us out. And I always try to get those uh, cash registers because they have a hard job. Just encourage them. And, I was, and you could tell he was just wasted. Man, it's been this way since yesterday morning. I've been here eight hours today. We haven't had a break. I mean, he just, you know, and you just see. And uh, there was a lady behind us. She made a comment. with New York City is quarantined, you know. And, and you just think, I mean, just unlock it. And there was just this dread and this fear. And, 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 and it was just, oh, man, it's just everywhere. And I, and I thought to myself, I said, in, I, it just, um, what, what do you, th Aubrey, what do you think the Lord, when he's looking down on us, he just obviously can see us. What do you think, Lord, what are you thinking? And I shared that with Dawn, and this is what she said to me. I wrote it down. This is what he's thinking. They're still not listening to me. They're still not listening to me. I'm going to share some verses with you about fear. I, I, I also mentioned in class this morning, Brett, Sebastian, and Royce, and Jace, and I've had the opportunity over the last year to work with them hitting baseballs, teaching them how to hit a, hit a baseball. And, and, uh, and so it's been a blessing for me to spend some time. I think everything that we do in life is an opportunity for ministry. I just do. And so even through a game and a sport or any activity, in fact, Paul writes to Colossians, whatever you do in word and deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. So to be able to spend time with these young men. But so they're going and they're struggling and maybe they're having a hard time hitting a baseball. So what if I did this? What if I had not did this? I, and I said, so Jace is up there. He just wants to play baseball. He's having a hard time hitting a baseball. And I said to him, well, Jace, you just need to bear down, son. You just need to bear down. It's not going to help him. What does that mean? You know? And if I said, uh, you know, to Royce, I said, Royce, you just got to have the right attitude. Son, just get, get your attitude right, you know? You're not trying hard. You've got to try harder. What do you do? He's like, huh? What? Well, I am trying. I thought my attitude's pretty good. Well, it ain't good. So I said, well, you need to have a better attitude. You need to try harder, you know? That's a, I mean, you couldn't help Brett Sebastian. He's not that smart. No amount of words could help him. Some of you don't even know him. But you should. He's a good kid. But it wouldn't... But so, if I said to you this morning, church, don't be afraid. You just need to bear down. You need to have a good at... Listen. If I tried to speak to you logically as a man, well, this is going to pass. We've faced like, things like this before. Or if I were to ridicule the people that are in fear, well, they, I mean, because I do, I think, I think, I think we have, we've lost our mind. Well, this is not going to help you. But here's what, here's what we can do based upon the counsel of God. I'm going to email these out this week.
it's one thing to take a young man, a young lady, and say, okay, well, let me help you with the... I, I want to teach you now to hit a baseball. Church, the Scripture teaches us how not to be afraid. First, let me say this. The best mentor I ever had was a 92-year-old man, Neil Lightfoot, not the singer, but his name was Neil Lightfoot. And he would come and he would wear a black suit. I think he only owned black suits. White shirt, black tie, four side shoes shined. He'd been teaching the Bible for 70 years when I met him. Probably didn't weigh 115 pounds and his voice was strong. And he would come in and he would teach God's word. And, and, and he would say to all the young preachers, guys who were wanting to go in, men and women were going into mission field or preaching or whatever. And he would say to them, he said, you know what, let me tell you what most of you need more than anything else. You need to understand what God has called you to do. He said the church is full today across the world with people who attend on Sunday mornings and, and uh, the other times if it fits into their schedule. And, and he said, they don't fully understand. They've heard a message, but not, not the message. They're just like the teaching in Matthew 13 where Jesus tells a parable where there was a farmer and he went out and he was going to sow seed and some seed fell beside the road and then some in the thorns and rocky places and then some in the good soil. And he said, and the church is full today of people. They're just like that. And Jesus explains that parable that deceives the word of God and there's them that receive it with joy but when a little bit of trouble comes, a little bit of trouble, a little bit of trouble, Satan snatches it away. There are those that, that this, falls in the rocky places, the thorns. And he says, and the worries, the fears of this world and the riches of this world, the deceitfulness, mm, keeps them. Keeps them from understanding, knowing, and living according to God's word. And then there's the good soul. He said, so you need to understand that most Christians, many Christians, and some preachers, maybe even most preachers, they don't understand what God has called them to do. But he said, Jesus said it best on the Sermon of the Mount. He said, so here's what it is. You and I, we live in this world right now. I remember in, uh, in the 70s, it was, I was afraid that we were going to go to the Vietnam War. Anybody here remember the Vietnam War and, and you were just worried about that draft? And about the time the draft was going to go into effect, they stopped the draft. I didn't have to go to the Vietnam War. Any of you here remember when there was a, uh, the gas shortage because of the nuclear threat between Russia and there was gas rationing? I remember I was starting to drive. I told Cassandra, she's driving now. You need to be scared. But uh, I think Blake is too. That's pretty scary just to look at them three years ago and now they're driving and, uh, and uh, yeah so but uh, in fact I saw her drive off the other night she's doing a good job Blake, Blake I'm not so sure but uh, anyway I remember the gas rationing I was 15 and you could only get gas I lived in San Antonio on a Tuesday and a Saturday Melinda remember that out on Blake you get the gas lines and that was only in the 70s I remember I remember the Vietnam War and the draft and gas rationing and being threatened I remember the Gulf War I remember 9-11 I was teaching a Bible class 
And I remember the fear that struck Abilene, Texas. Probably all of us. None of these young people were born then. We talked about that. We've all had those moments of fear. So the church, the body of Christ, with its purpose, we're supposed to be light. Matthew, read it in the gospel. We're supposed to understand this Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. We're supposed to understand what real blessings is, the beatitude. We're supposed to be light and salt. Are we any of that? But this Neil Lightfoot, he would say, here's the problem that modern Christianity in America that is affecting us like a cancer. He said, we're high sinner. We, and you don't, I didn't know what high sinner meant. He said, so I'm looking to do something. I want to do something. And then I put a lot of time and energy and effort and I get to an apex, a point, and that's the high center, and then I rest on that high center. So he said, we need something to knock us off high center because we become stagnant at high center. He said, the church has become rich and affluent and property owners and educated preachers, and we're high center. Preachers are worried about keeping their jobs if they preach the word of God the way it was intended to be because they need to please people in tickle ears. Church members don't respect biblical authority. They don't. And he said, this is the world you're going into. And then he would say this. Do you know when the church had its greatest expansion? Just read about it in the book of Acts. God gave them a commission in Acts chapter 1, verses 8. Jesus said, go into all the world. Matthew 28, 19, Mark 16, 16, uh, Acts 1 and 8. He said, you wait, you go to Jerusalem and you wait. You're going to receive power on high, from on high, and, and you're going to be my witnesses. First in Jude, uh, Jerusalem, which was where he was just crucified. Great animosity. Then Judea and Samaria. Samaria? And then even the remotest parts of the earth. Do you know what it must have been like to be told a Christian, an apostle, a preacher, a Christian man or woman? One of those many people that followed the disciples. And do you know what it must have been like to hear Jesus said, you're going this place in Jerusalem where they hated me and they crucified me and they conspired against me, and many of them calling themselves my own children. That's where you're going to start with this gospel. Now, then you're going to go to Judea and Samaria. And do you know what took them to go to Judea and Samaria? It wasn't their own. Oh, they didn't want to. <laughs> Read Acts chapter 8. The persecution became so heavy on that first century Christians, husbands, wives, parents, families, that they finally had to flee into Samaria. They went to the very place they would have never wanted to go. They got off high center. In church, I'm telling you today, I don't know. I will tell you this. I believe what is happening here today in this country is right out of the pages of Scripture. He who has ears to hear, let him see. He who has eyes to see, let him see. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now you can look at what's going on here and you can just think it's a virus. Okay? I don't believe in coincidence. I believe those that are here this morning are here because it's only by the will of God. Not your will or mine. We may think that it is, but I do not believe that. 
If I did, I need to quit. I need to, I, I need to, I need to walk away from the truths that are in these words. We're here. We're here because we want to be, or maybe, or I don't. I don't believe in coincidence. We're here for a purpose, and what we do matters. So fear. This will be quick, and this will be easy. I'm going to challenge you to look at the world you're living in today. Right out of the pages of Scripture, we're seeing Scripture unfold right before us. We either see it or we don't. But instead of me telling you not to be afraid, here's the truth from God about overcoming faith. I'm going to do this. You probably wouldn't write these down. I'm going to start in Joshua 24, 14. I'm going to read the verse, make one comment, and move. You can write these down. These are the, just like I would tell Royce or Jace or how to hit a baseball, this is it. This is not me just saying to you, don't be afraid. This is it. This is it. In Joshua 24, verse 14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth and put away the gods which your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Principle number one. Principle number one. Fear the Lord and serve him. You cannot say, first of all, Proverbs 1 and 7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. You want knowledge? Fear him. We have churches today and we have preachers today that are not preaching the fear of the Lord and people that don't have fear. You can see that they don't have fear in the way they talk about people and their attitudes about people and the freedom of that. You and I could never serve God if we don't fear him. Principle number one, and we ought to fear him. We're on a rock spinning, what, 30,000 miles an hour? He hung the stars in the heavens. Our life is in the very fold, our very breath. The hair on our head is numbered. We don't live that way, and I don't think that we'd live that way because we don't fear him. I know what fear looks like. And then John would say in 1 John, perfect love drives out fear, but you cannot love him unless he has first loved you, and you can't love him unless you first fear him. So fear him. Don't fear the virus. Fear him. And here's the two, they're married. Fear and service. Some serve to bring attention to themselves, but you can see genuine service. I'm, I'm, we've got some great people in this church. And the Bible says you ought to give flowers to the living. And, and I don't want to miss anybody. And if I do, God forgive me. But I just looked out here. I see Donna Lester and I see Frank Metzer out there. Old Frank, he's Wednesday nights. He's just, he lost his wife. He comes into this church every Wednesday night, walks across that parking lot. He goes right over here into this building and he's a listener for a while. How old are you, Frank? How old are you? Don't want to tell, all right? <laughs> Donna Lester, Mills of Love. Sunday, she's at Sunday school here. And I just look out amongst all of you. I don't want to leave anybody out. But I, here's what I believe about both of them. I just believe they have a fear of the Lord. 
I don't believe they're serving to draw attention to themselves or get recognition or feel better about themselves. I don't believe that. I believe they serve the Lord because they fear Him. The two are married. If you're serving God because you fear Him, and if you fear Him, you'll serve Him. Wow. Now we're not tired. Now it's not just how you just don't need to be afraid. If you don't want to be afraid, start serving the Lord because you fear Him. And then what happens? When you begin to fear God and serve Him, you know what happens? I love it. It's a domino effect. You'll put away your gods, little g. You'll put away your gods, and we all have them. Most of our little g gods, if not all of them, Pogo, that great, he wrote the comic deal that Doug Sinclair was mentioning to me the other day, back in the 40s. I think Bobby's smiling. He said, I have seen the enemy, and the enemy is us, right? You know who the biggest, the biggest little God in our life is? Us. But then there's all the other little gods. And when we're fearing him and serving him, we'll put away. This world is in a panic right now because they're fearing the wrong things. They're serving the wrong things. They're, the Bible says you cannot serve money and God. And the word is serve. They're serving money, little God. You can't do the two. And when you fear God, you'll serve him and you'll put away your little gods. Most of every problem we have is because of what we fear and that fear is not God and who we serve and it's not serving God. And if it is sometimes, well, we're like Romans 10 and 1, they have a passion for God but not in accordance with righteousness because they want to establish their own. Many of us are like that. And then what do we do? We don't want to serve and we serve ourselves. Fear him. You'll serve him if you do. And you'll put away your gods. Little g. Which your fathers served. Hmm. First Chronicles. Well. 16 and 30. Tremble before him. All the earth indeed. The world is firmly established. It will not be moved. When's the last time you trembled before God? First Samuel 12 and 24, only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart. For consider what great things he's done for you. You know the best calculating thing that you can do in your relationship? Well, you want to do a calculation? Spend some time, go off by yourself and write down the great things that God has done for you. Not the great things you've done for God. but the great things that he has done for you. Mm. Job 28, 28, Job the 28th chapter, 28th verse. And the man who said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from him, uh, and to depart from evil is understanding. Church, one of the, you talk about the, the sins of the flesh in Galatians. You know the sin of the flesh that that really is very provocative, and it's the way, it's pride. Pride. What does pride incite you to do? 
the thing that pride really wants you and I to do is be smarter and better than the next guy. Pride really incites you and I to be smarter and better than the next guy. So we rely on our wisdom. Paul writes the Corinthians, the wisdom of man is foolishness to God. And you know what he says real wisdom is? It's the cross. What if all of our wisdom was tied up in the knowledge of the cross? 1 Corinthians 2 and 2, I presume to know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. Many more, I'm only going to do one more. Psalm 19, verse 9. And this is the Hebrew word. Hmm. The fear of the Lord is clean. We're hearing a lot about cleanliness right now, aren't we? The fear of the Lord fears, fears only him, serves him, uh, put, put away the gods, little g's, serve him in truth with all your heart, consider the great things he's done, tremble before him. And then this, this word, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. I don't know if you've ever thought about it. That's the Hebrew word. The fear of the Lord is clean. Do you ever consider that? You want to be pure before the Lord? You want to be clean before the Lord? Fear Him. Fear Him. We have a world that's gripped in fear. They're fearful of things they should not be afraid of. What if you get the virus and you die? I asked the kids here, what do you think the greatest fear? What would really, I think Brett said, to not know the Lord. I said, yeah, yeah. I don't remember who said, you know, but at one point they said, we'll be death. One of the saddest and greatest privileges of being a preacher is to be uh, many times with somebody as they're approaching death. And it's, it's sad and it's yet it's a great privilege. The greatest fear I think that all men will encounter, we may be afraid of all those things that start with the letter S, Royce. We might be, probably are. But to know that your flame is extinguishing, and it's going to. And in your heart, have this fear that I don't know. I don't know if I'm saved. I don't know I'm not sure about these things. And too many times I have encountered that. The saddest part, and it is by far the saddest thing that I've ever endured as a preacher, is church members. They've been a member of a church 30 and 40, in one case almost 50 years. Served faithfully. And I would never judge their heart. But I'm watching and I'm with him and I'm sitting and God has developed a relationship 
And they would say to me, Preacher, I'm scared. I don't know if I'm saved. I'm not sure that I'm welcome in heaven. That's an exact quote. By somebody by who all appearances, you and I would have thought, man, that. And I know their heart and their sentiment was true. I know that it was. We fear a lot of things, don't we? We really do. But I think that that would be the worst. And the thing is, we don't know when that moment's going to come, do we? We don't know. We live like we do. But we don't. Paul said to the Philippians, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I go on living, I'll serve him. And if I die, how much better I get to go be with him forever. In order for you and I to be the light of the world, the salt of the world, because people are watching you and I, you and I have to fully understand what it is to fear the Lord. Serve Him only. Put away our little gods. Knowing that he'll, my fear for Him cleanses me. When Jesus was in the garden... He was so troubled. He wasn't fearful. The, the writer of the gospel was very careful to delineate that. He was troubled. He was so troubled. He said, Father, take this cup from me. However, not my will, but your will be done. Church, I would say to you, I believe what's happening today we can see it in so many. You can see it however you want to see it. But this is the will of God. And I'm like Don over here. I think he looks down at us and he says, they're still not listening. They're still not listening. I've blessed them. And they're still not listening. My prayer for you and myself and this church as we move forward is that everything that's going on around us we listen to his voice. We listen to his words. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we're grateful to be here today. Thank you for letting us uh, come and worship you and find comfort in the hymns that we were led to sing this morning. Thank you so much. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to remember your sacrifice, the great things you've done for us. Thank you for the instruction and comfort and direction we find in your word. And Father, help us to be the light of the world. Help us to be the salt to a fearful, fearful dying world, Father. Help us. Help us in the name of Jesus. Amen.